and we're live. Hello, Todd. Hello, Tom. How are you? Better than you. Want to know why? <laughs> why? Because I didn't get my foot broke by a blue belt the other day. <laughs> so we jump right in. We, we jump right into that as the first thing we're going to talk about. That, well, I don't uh, think we really had it. We don't really have a plan, no? Right. You're right. You're right. But I guess we go right to, right to that. Uh, before we do that, so this is our first podcast for Jiu-Jitsu Times. Uh, we're trying out this Google Hangouts thing. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're jumping around. The camera's uh, changing quite a bit here. I'm going to click on uh, Mr. DeBlas. So uh, I'm Todd Schaefer. I do. Uh, I work for Jiu-Jitsu Times. I do memes. I do articles. And pretty much everybody in the world knows this guy, uh, Professor DeBlas. Anything you want to say as an introduction? No, just a pleasure to, to be here and hopefully entertain uh, the jiu-jitsu world and, and educate as much as possible. Uh, awesome. Hello. Awesome. Hello. I think that, I think that's going to be my, my thing. Like, hello. I think that's my shit right there, buddy. You know what? I think it's much better than yesterday's ahoy. If I'm being quite honest. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I did the Facebook live and it was just ahoy. Like, I don't, you know what it is, bro? I don't, I don't script anything. I just flow with it, you know? So however I feel is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I think as a betting man, uh, I, I would have lost big. I would have never guessed ahoy was the word that came out of your mouth to start your podcast, start your uh, live. But could you, could you really have bet anything since you've gotten to know me? No. Like, dude, do I really surprise you? <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, let, let's let's jump into uh, let's jump into jujitsu about how absolutely, you know, you got your the, the new big thing now. Uh, we'll talk about leg locks a little bit because everybody's going through the whole leg lock, uh, you know, revolution. And I believe that you know, I believe Gary Tonin and Eddie Cummings really brought that to the face of jujitsu. Through EBI, uh, ADCC trials, stuff like that. You know, I believe everybody saw the effectiveness through those guys. And uh, everybody thinks they're a leg lock expert now. Everybody wants to do leg locks. And it's funny because when I'm at seminars, you know, people want to learn leg locks. People want to do leg locks. And I'm like, listen, like you could spend three hours just on finishing an outside heel hook, like the dynamics of it. And there's just so much to it. And a lot of questions are like, you know, when should we start working on leg locks? So me personally, I expose, like, as soon as my – you're allowed to take the Nogi class at two stripes, uh, two-stripe white belts. And I expose my white belts, two-stripe white belts to leg locks, but I don't allow my white belts to to, to go for leg locks until they're well, – I don't want to say I don't allow them to go for leg locks, but nobody better heel hook my white belts before they're a blue belt. You know what I mean? Especially we don't do heel hooks with the gi at all. Uh a really important aspect of jujitsu to learn. I think it's crazy that people say, oh, you know, don't learn leg locks. Of course, if you focus on leg locks too early, it could take away from your guard passing, your reversals, and stuff like that. But leg locks are such a huge, it's half of your body, you know? The problem is, is they're very, very dangerous if you don't know how to properly apply them correctly with giving your opponent a chance to, or your partner a chance to tap. Or if you don't know when to tap, like I'll catch leg locks on people 
and they try to be Superman. They don't want to tap. And it's like, man, your leg is this close to breaking in half. You know? Uh, and I think that that's, that's what people really need to be careful about. And you, you weren't even really caught, right? I mean, you were twisting out of it. You were already out. Your leg kind of bent and your knee popped, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a scramble type situation. Nothing was really secure. And uh, I was on my way out. And my partner uh, torqued my knee up or my, my heel up towards the ceiling. Uh, I wasn't even wrapped up. Uh, my legs weren't secure or anything. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I see sometimes people, even in 50-50, people just disregard their limbs. They're like, they ask me, like, how do you stay so healthy? God willing, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll stay healthy. I've had my injuries along the way. Like, how I stay healthy is I keep my body together. Meaning if I'm moving right, I don't lead my arm to the left. When I'm going for an umaplata, I don't pull my foot forward, right? I, I, I pivot my hips in a way to where the umaplata comes natural. So I keep my body together. People get caught in leg locks. They're twisted and turning. They're this and that. And that's the problem going for leg locks, heel hooks in the gi, because there's no twisting out with the gi. It's harder to get heel hooks with the gi, believe it or not, because you have the grip. You can separate hands. But once you're caught, if you try to rip out, if you try to roll out, there's no twisting. It's not slippery. And your joint, you know, your knee joint's going to twist. You're going to tear your knee in half, man. It's just a given. So, yes, leg locks should be a part of everyone's game. They should be aware. You at least have to be aware. I don't use spider guard, but I know how to use spider guard because if I go against somebody who's using it, you have to be educated about it. So heel hooks are, are something people really need to be, you know, educated about and, and understand. Uh, you know, they just need to be safe about it during training. So, so in terms of, uh, and I'll just I'll just speak from my experience. Um, relatively little leg attack experience, leg defense experience. Um, so somebody that I've got about eight years of training under my belt and I'm just now scratching the surface. What, what would you prescribe for somebody in that situation? Because I know a lot of people like me are in the same boat. They, they, uh, the relatively new, maybe their academy didn't uh, train uh, leg locks. What, what, what sort of a crash course? How would you prescribe a crash course in leg attacks, leg defenses? What, what would you do? I think you just approach it like you approach any other aspect of your game, right? You just start to practice it. You know, you can't be obsessed with it, uh, but just implement it every day, just like. If you're training, I'm sure there's times you start from the bottom. There's times you start from the top. There's times you use your half guard. There's times you use your close guard. There's going to be times you use your leg locks. There's going to be times you don't. You know, you could do positional drills where you start at 50-50 or stuff like that. Uh, you start outside Ashagrami. Like, you could do stuff like this, but you just got to start incorporating it. That's all. And I think that's what people need to understand, you know. If you don't practice, you can never become perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got to practice. Okay. So in terms of, uh, I want to, I want to talk about, uh, what you have going on right now. You've got, yeah. you know what's crazy? Uh, real quick. I twitch, I twitch a lot. So if you ever see me doing this, like I actually believe I have a mild case of Tourette syndrome. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm very quirky. I do a lot of weird stuff. So if anybody sees me like twitching, so that no, there's nothing in my eye. It's just who I am. 
<laughs> Ahoy. So uh, let's talk about all the stuff you've got going on because I want to make sure we highlight uh, just how busy you are. It's easy to see uh, anybody who sees your social media presence. So you've got a ton of seminars scheduled. Uh, you started some seminars not too long ago, and you've been pretty much booked up. You're booked up into 2017, correct? Yeah, yeah. So are you looking to fill 2017, or are you, you kind of on hold right now? Like, what, what should people um, be doing? Should they be reaching out to you? Yeah, for sure, you know, just to secure their spot. Like, I have one in North Carolina in April. Uh, I'm sorry, in Florida. Of April 2017, Abu Dhabi is next September of 2017. It's in Finland, so you know it's going to get tricky with that because I have to focus on I have to focus on that competition. But yeah, I'm busy, man. But you know what the thing is, like I'm busy, like for the people. I want to say, like my job is to educate more and more people about jujitsu and really bring uh, a sense of professionalism to jiu-jitsu, but at the same time, keep it fun, bust chops, have fun with it. But I really want to, you know, everyone says jiu-jitsu is for everyone, jiu-jitsu is for everyone. Jiu-jitsu is for everyone. It's easy to sit back and say jiu-jitsu is for everyone and then do everything against that. You know what I mean? Like, you have to make jiu-jitsu and our, and our academy is a place where everyone can walk through the doors, everyone can learn, everyone can train. So that's really my goal right now. With social media, uh, with the seminars that I teach, it's not just teaching techniques, you know, it's teaching the jiu-jitsu way of life. And jiu-jitsu way of life doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, right? It just means you, you're you welcoming, you're kind. Uh, you know how to train hard but controlled. You know how to, you know, you know how to lift people, not just break them down. You know how to train, you know, who to train really hard with, who not to train hard with. Basically, you learn how to keep jiu-jitsu in your life. So that's really what I'm trying to do more and more. Uh, and I feel I've been very, very lucky and fortunate in order to, to do it as much as I've been doing it lately. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm busy with it and things I'm busy with is, you know, beneficial to everyone, like the ADCC trials, you know, I'm, I'm running the ADCC trials. We have seven months in advance to register for that, to, to qualify for the biggest grappling event in the world. It's imperative. You know, you have to compete in the trials. Oh, oh, I don't want to compete. In, what do you mean you don't want to compete in the trials, man? You don't want to go to Abu Dhabi, you know? You don't want to go compete and represent your country in the biggest thing in the world. Of course you want to compete. Don't be scared. Grab your nuts, get out there and do it. You know, I recommend everybody to, you don't know unless you try. In 2009, I wasn't going to do the trials. I was making excuses why I shouldn't do it. And I look back, I'm like, man, thank God I did it, you know, because I got the, I got the chance to go to Barcelona. So, you know, all good stuff, man. You know, all good stuff. So, uh, back to your seminars real quick. Um, one of the things we incorporated when we, when we scheduled your seminar at our, at the home Academy leverage uh, BJJ in Ohio, we, uh, we took the approach and we did that two part seminar and we did a, a mindset piece and we did a more classic uh, technique based piece. Do you find people, I mean, did you enjoy that? Do you find people looking for that? Do you, do you see that as sort of how you're going to structure your seminars in the future? I'm going to structure them however people want them. You know, if they want me to talk more, I'll talk more. If they want more technique, they'll get more technique. Uh, it's 
mindset's imperative. Without the proper mindset, you're not going to make it in this sport. Not going to make it in anything. You know, as soon as times get tough, you're going to quit. Uh, so mindset, the proper mindset, you know, a ways to ways to find out how to stay positive when everything is pointing to negative stuff like that is something that I want to share with everyone. You know, uh, what's helped me get to this point. And, and when I say this point, I, don't, I just don't mean competition history and titles. I mean, having a successful academy with over 300 students, uh, you know, having a place where people from all walks of life could train and come back time and time again to train more. I can compete at a world-class level and simultaneously run a successful academy and have a family. You know, I want to help everybody do that, man. You know, I want jiu-jitsu to keep growing and growing. The more jiu-jitsu academies there is, the better it is for me, the better it is for everybody. Because people say, you know, people like are afraid of competition. And I hope a jiu-jitsu school opens right across the street from me. Good luck to them. I'm, <laughs> good luck. It's just going to make me be better. It's going to make me, you know, trim the fat and just be be sharper than ever. It's just going to bring the best out of me, you know. So I'm, I'm, I just want jiu-jitsu to keep growing, man. So uh, the trials are in November, November 19th. They're at your old high school. What, did, what does – what does yes, it mean sir. to you to have the biggest event in North America uh, leading up to the biggest event in grappling? What does it mean for you to have it at your old high school? Man, you know, it's like it's a dream come true. It's like I don't really look at it as a big deal because I just stay in the moment. And I'm exactly where I feel I should be in life. But, like, if you would have told me all this stuff would have been happening when I was a white belt, it was it would have been mind-blowing, you know. Uh but for sure, it's amazing that I can bring it back to my hometown, uh, bring it back to my high school, such a special event, you know, and, and basically see people accomplishing their dreams right there, you know, like their lifelong dreams of winning their spot to go to Abu Dhabi. It's like, you know, winning the Olympic trials, you know, uh, but even better because you go to Abu Dhabi, you win, you get paid. So it, it, it's truly just, a, it's an honor, man. I'm so honored that. ADCC would give me this, you know, opportunity. And, you know what I think it is? I think, but I think, you know, the guy I talked to, Marco, I think he understood that I'm an educated guy. I'm a reliable guy. I'm an honest guy. Uh, my word is my word. You know what I mean? So they're going to get the best. You know, they're used to me. They've seen me compete now. 2009, I took off five years. I came back right away. Boom, won the trials. Spent time with them. Uh, so I'm a familiar face that they know they could trust. And I take that honor very, very seriously. You know, I am all in with ADCC, you know, 100%. That's my, that's my, I'm about it right now, you know? Awesome. So prior to that, next month, you've got, you've got a super fight coming up. Uh, you're down in West Virginia. You're in Charleston. Uh, you're going against uh, a local guy, uh, Noah DeVore. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, it, it, it went from you having a super fight to maybe you having multiple super fights to now a big portion of your home team is coming down. You've got Professor Ricardo Almeida coming down for a super fight. You've got Dante Rivera coming down for a super fight. Uh, how, how, uh, how have your feelings about that event changed since, since the beginning, since you first had that, that opportunity for a super fight? Are you excited? Man, competing in jiu-jitsu to me is like brushing my teeth in the morning. It's something I'm just so used to doing. 
I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm the best I've ever been. I know everybody always says that, but from MMA now for a year and a half, uh, I'm a big, strong guy right now. I'm sharp. I feel good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Ricardo compete in his match. The reason why I don't have two super fights now because Dante was busting my balls to get a super fight. So the guy I was going to go against second, I gave to Dante. So Dante has him, Jessere. Uh So it's all going to be good stuff, man. Just a day where everybody's sharing jiu-jitsu, everybody's competing, having fun. You know, Noah seems like a great guy. He's a tough kid. He's been winning everything lately that he's been doing, you know. So I don't talk shit, man. I don't – to the point in my life, like, I don't say, oh, no, better watch. Man, me and Noah are going to go have fun. Uh I don't expect to lose anything I do. Have you know so have you ever um been on the same card as uh Professor Ricardo? No, I mean we've done the IBJJF Worlds before together. But no 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 super fights, you know. I talked him into doing it, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. Awesome. Awesome. Other uh, other highlights, uh, things you've been doing. You you've done uh, jujitsu style magazine. You've done at least three or four podcasts of recent note. Um, when are you going to get too busy? When will you know you're too busy? Never. I have a lot of work to do. We're just scratching the surface, and like I said, the work that I have to do is not for me; it's for other people. It's to make more and more people believe in themselves and understand that they can do it, that they can last in the sport. Thing is, they have to find a way for jujitsu to benefit them. If they're working nine to five, if they're hard, if they're, if they're hardworking, they're busy, they're middle aged. You, they have to find a way how jujitsu can benefit their life. You know, they can't compare themselves to the twenty-year-old kid who has no obligations or responsibility. So my job is to keep serving people in this martial art and they keep helping people overcome obstacles. Uh, like I've overcome a lot in my life, man. People don't know my life story, but it's uh shit, man. You know, <laughs> like that Dane quote, not Dane, no Bane quote, right? Where he said, I was born in the dark, right? I'm used to hell, man. I'm used to living there. You know, I've had a, a lot of love in my life. Great. You know, I love my mother and father. Uh, they taught me everything, but I know what it feels like to suffer. So I want to help other people who are suffering, and everybody has their story. You know, everybody suffers, and I want to help them understand that they're not alone. I feel a lot of people who are a little broken, a lot of people who are depressed, they find jujitsu, and it's it's our duty, man. It's our fucking duty to keep these people, you know, and and, and to keep helping them. I'm very very passionate about this. You know, so I'm never going to be too busy. I'll be too busy when I'm dead. That's when I'll be too busy. You, you've said you've said to me, you've said um, on social media a number of times, I've seen you comment on uh, people who share their thoughts and their thanks and their gratitude to you. Uh, you, you always come back with, uh, you know, you're the one that inspires me. Who, who, who else inspires you? Who, who do you look to to recharge your batteries when, when you, you're having a down day? I'm a big Jesus fan. Whether people believe that Jesus was the son of God or not, Jesus got brutally tortured. He got the fuck beat out of him. He got tortured and he died. He got murdered and he didn't break. 
I'm a big Jesus fan. My daughter, my son, my kids, my family, you know, uh, every time I look at my kids, man, you know, I have, I don't get mad. I don't get, I never get mad at my kids. I never yell. I never yell at my kids. And I'm a, I'm, I'm an intense person, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, I have a hot head a little bit, you know, but with my kids, I have all the patience in the world, man. They can do nothing wrong, you know, like to make me upset, you know, like, of course I have to correct them and reprimand them, but like, I just, they just change me as a human being. So anytime I think I'm tired, I just look at my kids and understand that I want them to live the best life possible, you know? Uh, and then when I respond to people that they inspire me, the fact that I inspire people inspires me to keep inspiring them, you know? So if people appreciate me, I appreciate them. And I wish I could get through to every single fan I have out there, every single person who follows me. Like, I, I want to follow them. I, 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 wanna, I want them to know that I, I care about them. You know, I appreciate them. And I don't come here speaking to people like I'm this, this saint. You know, I'm, I'm a, I made so many mistakes in my life, and I continue to. But my intentions are pure. My intentions are good. So, you know, that's what it comes down to. Like, I really just want to keep inspiring the people who inspire me. It's an irony because the ones that I'm supposed to be inspiring the reason why I'm inspiring them is because I'm inspired to inspire them, you know? So it's just like a, it's a full circle. It, it, it keeps spinning, you know? And now I'm to the point to where there's no, there's no slowing down what I feel I'm going to do for this martial arts. It's not going to slow down. It's going to keep going. And the only thing I'm going to do, I feel is just bring, uh, and I'm not going to do it alone, but it's just to help more people understand that, that you can be tough, you can be gritty, you can be a fucking savage, but you can be kind. You can be all these things together. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of jujitsu guys, I feel they feel like, oh, I'm a jujitsu guy. I want to walk around. They're, they're... Listen, man, I, I I sparred with Hanzo Gracie over a decade ago. I, I've choked on my own blood in the cage. I, I've been in 60-minute jujitsu competitions. I've there's there's nothing that I haven't done, or. or, or situation I haven't been in. I don't fear any man. There's no man that I fear. Come on, man. But I'm never too good for anyone. And this is what all jiu-jitsu people need to understand. They never can alienate anybody. There can never be cliques. They have to welcome everybody. As soon as people step on, on the mats of my, in my academy, they're instantly my friend. I'm not just their instructor. I'm their friend. I care about them. I want to know what's going on in their life. And this is how everybody should be, I feel. It's how every instructor should be. We're not God. We're not above anyone. All we are is just a man or a woman with a black belt around their waist that has experience that these other people don't who walk through the door. But if we look into their life, what experiences do they have that we don't have that we could learn from? So I'm constantly learning from people who walk through my door. You know what I mean? So it's it's a constant evolution of just learning and getting better from, from every from every angle possible, you know? Awesome. So, um, I had a, I had a thought. I wanted you to, I wanted to pose this question to you. So we're, we're in a time where social media is very, very prevalent, very, very important, whether you think it's good or you think it's bad. Flashback to your first six years, um, you know, you're, you're, 
lower belts uh, up until the time you got your black belt uh, in jujitsu. How do you think social media might have changed uh, your journey, your initial there journey? There was no social media, bro. There was, there was a MySpace maybe, right? There was no social media. I right. That, that's, my point. that's my point. How would it change? How would it have changed you? I'm happy there was no social media back then. That wasn't pulled in every direction, you know? And if I wanted to learn, I had to go to class and learn. And that's it. I didn't have nobody to vent to. I didn't have nobody to talk shit to. I didn't have a, a status to talk shit about my instructor indirectly. I didn't do these things, man. This, this shit wasn't heard of. You know? If I had a problem like a man, I would say it. I would say to the person I had a problem. And I still do. If I have a problem with anybody, I'll say it, you know? I don't go making... Uh, status is like I made a status today like hey shout out to the people who have GoFundMe who don't want a job they don't want to work they don't want to give seminars they don't want to give privates they want to play video games but basically they just want to ask for money to compete go run as fast as you could into a brick wall that was cut and dry you know who you are I don't have anyone specific I'm not thinking of anybody specific but anybody who does that I'm talking to you I'm talking to you 100% you know, so there was none of that, no social media. Social media could be a great thing. Like my social media, I feel I use it in a very positive way. You know, but not everybody does. And then people need to understand everything they put out there comes back to them. Man, listen, I think some people at the lower levels uh, just need to understand that we are a martial art. And some of the things that they may feel as a blue belt in, and right as a blue belt, they're not going to feel as a purple belt and a brown belt. So they just have to be careful. That's all. Uh, I love hearing their their opinions. I love hearing what they have to say. But, you know, where they're at as a blue belt, it's like saying, it's, it's basically like saying, you know, well, where were we in middle school? Where are we in high school? I, I'm very happy that I didn't have the opportunity to express myself as much as I do now when I was in high school. Because some of the shit that I said may have sounded very stupid. Makes sense. You you said uh, recently when you were talking to Professor, Professor Almeida, um, I'm paraphrasing, you said uh, sometimes someone who has a voice maybe should realize they shouldn't have a voice at that precise moment. And I, I took that to mean, to your point, the, the lower belt who's maybe frustrated and maybe vents that frustration via social media and they would never intend to disrespect anyone but they're just they're living through it and they're sharing a little bit too much yeah like you know people like here's the thing I had a guy come on my status today and he, he told me to fuck off now you can't get me mad on social media because I'm not a peasant you can no one could control my emotions I control my emotions but if he told me to fuck off in person, I'm going to slap his mouth. 100% I'm going to slap the shit out of him because that's who I am. People may not agree with it, but that's who I am, right? So maybe he wouldn't say that in person. So I have a rule for social media. Don't say anything you're not willing to say in person to the person you're talking about. Now, he didn't get me mad today on social media. Even if he said it in person, when I slapped him, I wouldn't even be mad. I would just slap him for talking shit. You know, I believe there should be consequence, you know. It doesn't make me a bully. He told me to fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, but what I did today was I reversed it. I said, oh, 
you know, like, well, I'm entitled to my opinion, you know, just like you're entitled to your opinion. And then I started making comments about his house, you know, so <laughs> I was kind of busting chops, but at the same time, I lightened the, the situation and perhaps gained a new fan in him rather than arguing with him on social media. People get so caught up over social media. Relax, man. Facebook's not real life. You know, people need to chill. People need to understand, like, how am I, how are you going to, you know, vent your whole life? I and mean, listen, if you're suicidal or something, you need help, please get help. If you're depressed, get help. But, like, how are you going to write a status out of emotion that's not thought out? How can you do anything out of emotion that's not thought out? You want to be, you want to be someone of importance. Don't act on emotion. Act with your mind. You know, no one could, no one could. If I act like I'm mad, it's because I want to. It's not because someone made me mad. It's because I feel like acting that way. And there's a reason I am acting that way. It's not because I'm reacting. I'm not a puppet to anybody. I'm no one's slave. What I mean by that is I'm no one's no one could slave me and, and, and pull the puppet strings to make me act a certain way. And I'm not going to go on Facebook and rant unless I want to go on Facebook and rant. You know what I mean? So that's what people need to understand that reacting out of anger and emotion could sometimes be a very, very foolish thing. You know, uh, especially people on a team, they have to go and see their team the next day. So just be careful what they say. Guys, be careful if every time a girl on your on your team posts a, a picture, you going on her picture telling her how beautiful she is, right? That's weird. You have to be careful because you're going to see this girl the next day in training. There's so many don't do's that people are doing. And again, I'm just giving my opinion. I'm giving my advice. People can do what they want, but this is my opinion. And it's worked pretty well for me thus far. I'm not saying everybody likes Tom. I'm sure there's some people watching this that, they would love to just smack me. Come smack me. Come smack me, Cupcake. You know what I mean? It's all good with me. But I hope I have more fans than I have haters. Because let me tell you something. Everything I'm saying right now is, is genuine from the heart. I would not tell... Like, I'm not making fun of people for writing silly things. I'm telling them to be careful writing silly things because I care about them. You know, that's what it comes down to. So to, let's keep the emotion going. Let's talk about a couple guys that uh, really, if you follow you on a social media, you can't tell if they just piss you off or if, you know, they're your kids. Uh, Gary and Gordon, what, uh, what, what goes through your mind when I say the name Gary Tonin? Like, what are the first things that pop in your head? Jerk off. What about Gordon? What about Gordon? Bigger jerk off. <laughs> listen, man, listen. On a real note, we do get under each other's skin. 100%. We have arguments. We fight. Uh, but when you're, when I consider you a brother and I really have loyalty to you, 